What's good? What's good, party people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. I am your host, Candia Johnson, a woman on a mission to help you show up and speak up anyway, despite dealing with fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. Your girl is here to help you get your mind and your methods right. Did y'all hear that music in the intro? That's because we got company today, y'all. We got a special guest, the woman behind that track. Her name is Miss Tony Jones. She is a Detroit-based wellness coach behind the Wife Your Life brand. She's also an affirmation musician behind a series of three affirmation albums entitled Affirmations for the Grown-Ass Woman, Affirmations and Chill, and the I See Me Mantras. You know what? Listen, affirmations are a part of my daily get your mind right, Candia, routine. <laughs> the morning and the afternoon. I even have a few of my favorite affirmations set as weekly reminders in my calendar. So I often get impromptu alerts throughout the year. And even in my She Deserves More coaching group, I teach the success partners how to reframe some of their limiting thoughts into mantras and affirmations that get them through some of their very own challenges. Here's the thing that I've learned. In the midst of trying to show up and succeed in life, there are things that each and every one of us are faced with behind the scenes from complicated or bad relationships to health challenges and things happening in our families. And some of those things seemingly try to take us off of our A-game. So beyond talking about Tony's career journey from coaching to music, we touch on everything. I mean, everything, y'all. Let me tell you, everything means I'm digging deep. (laughs) We touch on everything from some of my favorite tracks from her albums to how to use affirmations to redesign your career or your life and relationships. But we also talk about how your mind can take you to some of the most scariest, darkest places such as suicide. So if you feel triggered by our discussion today, I've included some helpful links to therapists and mental health resources in the show notes. But all in all, listen, it's a dope, fun, and enlightening episode. And I'm super thrilled for you to listen to it today because it embodies all of the things I've wanted Cancer Conversations to stand for and deliver. So y'all listen and hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and let me know what you think. So I am super excited to have this amazingly dope soul on the Candid Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome, Queen Tony Jones. Hi, sis. Thank you for having me on your platform. I appreciate it. Girl, why are we acting like we don't know each other? So listen, y'all. <laughs> we are virtually reunited. Tony yeah. and I met about four years ago at a women's empowerment conference. Mm-hmm. And so I've had the pleasure of meeting and no, screw that. I had the pleasure of connecting <laughs> with Tony in person. And the energy and vibe, y'all, is so magnetic. It's so mm. transformative. And I'm so proud of you, Tony. Mm. But I'm so happy that the world gets to experience the energy, the vibe, and the transformation through your affirmations for the grown-ass woman from affirmations and chill and the I see me mantras. Yeah. But when I tell y'all that these albums can get you all the way together from your to-do list and your self-doubt to your generational trauma and those relationships, you know, you should have left back four years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It is the permission slips that you probably never knew you needed. So before we get into the album, tell the people about yourself. What makes you feel most alive these days? Well, what makes me feel most alive is nature, to be honest with you. Nature has been something that I've always felt connected to. But last year in yeah, last year I spent a lot of time out in nature and I did not know how much of a plug it was. Mm. And so that's what anytime I feel like I'm getting too rigid with my routine 
or I feel a little ambiguous on what I need or what I want, I go out into nature and I connect to it. I drive. And sometimes if I'm, I'm feeling too, I don't know, just I'm too much in control, I'll just adventure and go somewhere I've never been to, like another trail walk, some, you know, somewhere I've never been. And I'll just go on a trail walk and it, it just it just brings me back to life. And I and just it's so much science and research that talks about how much nature helps the human mind and nervous system. But, you know, that's just something that I always do to make me uh, feel most alive. But um, who I am and how I show up in the world. So y'all, I'm a whole affirmation musician. <laughs> I can't believe it because, you know, back when I met you, my, my intentions in all these years was to be a life coach. I wanted to be a thought leader, you know? I wanted to follow in the footsteps of so many women that I looked up to and did all these programs and PDFs and e-books and courses. That was like my thing. But honestly, I didn't want to do the work. <laughs> so it was always a love-hate relationship with this goal. And, you know, it got to a point where it was like the life coaching and the creating content. It got to a point where it was like, you know, the women are not really doing the work. My clients are not really doing all the work. They want to plug in with me, me dump all it all, dump it all on me, and then I do all their awareness and emotional labor, right? And I was just because they didn't believe they had time to heal or be mindful or practice wellness as a lifestyle. So I was like, God, what can I create? for women to hack this limiting belief that they cannot have a lifestyle of self-care and making themselves top priority. And through meditation and prayer, God gave me the idea of affirmation music. And I'll never forget the day that I realized that it downloaded, like I caught it. And I started researching and I started li listening to people who do this type of music. And I was like, I get it, but it got to hit. Like the music got to be dope, you know? And so I went to LA, wrote that album, Affirmations for the Grown-Ass Woman. For I, I went to LA for a month, came back, applied for a loan, and the rest is history. 2019, I released that album, 2019, All Hell Broke Loose, and it brought me into awareness that, you know, life coaching and trying to save the world and do all this stuff, it, I, my identity couldn't be wrapped around that anymore. It had to be wrapped in what brings me joy first? Mm -hmm. What do I love first? So I am what you will call, what I will call an affirmation musician, but I'm a soulpreneur at heart. I am, I, I serve soul space. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I'm just living life and being myself for a living. You know? I love it. So, so first of all, I never knew affirmations music was a thing. So that yeah. Oh, I never knew that was a thing. Yeah, there's artists named like Drill. There's, um, I, I did some research. There's a few people that have done it, but it's like, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but it's like, it's no, a- we, No, we toot our own horn on Cancer Conversations. Okay? Toot, let's toot, toot, let's do it. It's just the way that they do it is very, it's very, it, it's like, it's in its own genre, right? Where my music is, has infused of genres. And I wanted to curate the vibe in the way, I, first of all, it, my background is psychology and I'm a whole human nerd, neuroscience, neuroscience nerd. So I know a whole lot about the brain and nervous system. And so when I create this album, I take a lot of that academic and that sophisticated knowledge or how human beings operate into the process of creating songs. So part of my process is making sure the beat is undeniably dope. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like with a lot of artists, they they create meaningful content but the beat just not hitting you know and so for me i wanted both right. you know because that's what i want i want the music to make me you know i want it to be a bop too so yeah um it's definitely a thing it's okay. definitely so you know what's funny now real talk i've always had a love-hate relationship with affirmations because for me, action is key. So a lot of times I was like, okay, so you're going to tell yourself you're beautiful and then what, right? But, but what I've learned, the biggest revelation for me, because I do affirmations now every morning, but the biggest shift for me is that 
my problem was that it just needed to be personal to the the self-limiting thoughts and the self-doubt that I myself was experiencing. And I needed to really make sure that they were personal and relatable. So why, you know, why do you think affirmations are important and what role should they play in our daily lives? Yeah, that was that was something that I touched on. And uh, I, girl, I was just featured in Essence about uh, the first week of January. Uh, I was I was I, I was so excited about it. Because so I didn't know several it was horns, y'all. She tooting several horns, but we gonna keep listen. But we I touched on that, and I was like, listen, we already do affirmations. We already do it. Think about the limiting beliefs that we have. Think about the things that we say about it's no good man in my city. And that's our reality. That's our experience. Think about the things my body is. I need just think about the things we keep on repeat every single day. We rehearse and we experience that consistently. So those are affirmations. How we flip the script is actually affirming something that is new for our experience, something that is more aligned with our highest self and our heart's desires. You know what I'm saying? So they work in that regard because they work when we speak negative things and we keep negative loops. We experience constant negative evidence and experience that supports what we say and think. So you just flip the script and say positive things, you know? So, and, and it's, it's, it's more so it's aligned with what you desire, what's your truth. It's not because you see it. It's because it's aligned to a higher truth of what you want to experience. Now, on the scientific level, research has proven that words are vibration. They have a frequency. And when you have a feeling and emotion associated with that, then amplifies the power of it being actually materialized as a physical experience. Um, I'll give you Dr. Emoto, Masuro Emoto. Um, I always say his last name right, but his first name, I always, I butcher it. But um, he did, he has an amazing school in uh, Japan and he does water studies. And he did a water study where one sample group of people spoke negative things over water. You can Google this. Another sample group spoke positive things over the water. They crystallized the water. They looked at the water under a microscope and the water that was spoken positive things over, that was had positive things spoken over it, crystallized in these beautiful like hexagon shapes, ice crystal, like it was just beautiful. The water that had negative words spoken over it or negative music, it looked like a whole monster. It was just nasty. It looked like a whole virus, just germs. It was disgusting. But he, did, he has an amazing amount of research. Outside of his research, it's a lot of data, too, that as electrical beings, we have frequency sound. And what I mean by electrical, I'm talking about our nervous system, mm-hmm. the way that our communication system works in our body. So I'm, I'll try not to be so technical, but I love this nerdy stuff because it brings some type of um, grounding for our logical, like, you know, our logical search for what's real, what's wooey and what's real, what's solid. You know what I'm saying? So I love science is able to help translate that and make it land more truer. So words affirmation is actually a technology we use through speaking, feeling, imagining, and thinking. You know what I'm saying? And we Mm -hmm. use those words, translate that, and speak into our existence. So it's not just a hippie positive thing you do to just feel better. It's part of your whole operation. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I, I love that you clarified that because that's definitely a aha moment, right? That while we often think affirmation is the positive, when we sit around and talk negatively about ourselves, we're affirming that as well. Like that's an actually moving probably action or inaction as well. So what are what, what's your favorite affirmation that you... Uh, say to yourself often oh i i definitely say I well i'm sure a, you I have like a gazillion of them i mean oh i do but one for sure that i say all the time as i create a life i love a life i enjoy a life that i am proud of and from this place other people find beneficial value from to do the same 
And the reason why that's my favorite is because as a natural giver, I, I have most of my adulthood managed my life in a way of making other people feel good about my life. And so for me, everything that I do now is about how I feel. You know what I'm saying? So it's like everything that I do is inspired because it feels good to me first. It's important for my life to feel good. It's important for my life to be enjoyed by me. It's important for me to have pride about my life. And however other people take that, that's on, that's their business. But from them seeing me make that my priority, my top priority, they are inspired to do the same. And just to watch people be more impacted by that more than the years that I've tried to help and tried to do these things to launch this and get their attention. Like when I made myself genuinely first, not be a fan of it, the concept and belief of it, but really embody self-love in a real practice, you know what I'm saying, embodiment, I start seeing people be inspired to do the same. So that's my favorite affirmation because it grounds me to say, okay, don't say, don't just say yes to that. Don't just do this because it makes them happy. Does it feel good to you? You have brain space to accommodate them. It, it keeps me grounded to always put myself first, no matter what, you know? Right, right. And, and that's what I love. So I want to talk about a few of my favorite uh, affirmations from the album. So yes. worth ethic, okay? Now, let me tell y'all, the, 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 the albums that I'm going to talk about, the reason, or the songs that I'm talking about, the reason why I'm highlighting them, because I told Tony before we hit record, these songs, I listen to them to do specific things in my life, okay? So Worth Ethic is the song that I listen to to plan my to-do list. I'm a fan of brain dumps, right? Where I literally uh, just do a dump of the thoughts that I'm having. Sometimes they're crazy, <laughs> you know, self-plagued with self-doubt, uh, self-limiting beliefs, insecurities, all those things. Sometimes they exactly, you know, they relate to something that I'm trying to do in my business or I'm trying to do in my life. And I feel like when I get it on paper, I can control it better. So when I'm listening to um, Worth Ethic, what I love about it is it really does come from a place of Candia, you know, put you first, right? It comes from uh, some of the things, you know, you it's almost like a permission slip to ask for help. It's a permission slip. You talk about uh, your week, what is it? You say something like your weekends shouldn't be a retreat from the weekday. Yeah. You know, so that's a reminder to include some things that really, really feel good to me. It doesn't have to always be work related, right? It yeah. So you don't have to you don't have to wait, you don't have to wait till the weekend to enjoy your life, right. to incorporate pleasure and relaxation. And I have to I have to um, also acknowledge that my lifestyle is not everyone's lifestyle. So it's people who are taking care of sickly loved ones. There's people who are dependent on them for 24-7. You know, it's everybody has a range of lifestyle responsibilities and obligations. That This music is a way for you to create space for yourself, to create awareness, have the space to have the awareness of what does it look like you to put yourself first? Where are the time opportunities in your life to wear? you can tend to yourself. And if you don't have those time opportunities, you see your whole schedule full with a whole bunch of, t then it's time to scale it on back. Right. It's time to do a process of elimination. You know what I'm saying? So I get that me being single, having no children, I'm not taking care of elderly loved ones, that I have a, what you call probably a wellness privilege. You know what right. I'm saying? Because it's like, I'm only responsible to me. You know, and I don't work for anybody. I don't have a boss. So it's just kind of like, but people who do have all those, it can, it can feel a little limiting on how you actually create this life of, you know, worthiness and ease and flow and so on. So, but the root of that, um, so I say that ought to say to include everyone in all lifestyles. Okay. Right. It's it, you're to create a life that you, you are to create the space to become aware of what uh, a lifestyle of ease and flow looks like for you. Because right. it's not going to look like how mine look because I have different 
you know, responsibilities and time opportunities. But the, the brainchild behind that song really came from like the clients, my peers, the, you know, Detroit has a strong female entrepreneurship and I saw them burning out for their dreams. I saw and I, but they were getting so much results from it, money, you know, articles. And, and I was just like, man, if that's how you got to do it, I may not want it, you know? And I'm just like, and then I knew some of those people closely and even within myself that a lot of times when I would get into working hard or over-functioning for a goal, it was because of my own sense of unworthiness because, and that's not because it was self-generated, but you know, our education system, our, our capitalistic society teaches us that you're not worth anything unless you produce producing. Right. And we have a very, black women in particular have a very traumatic um, legacy, not legacy, but history or narrative with that concept because we labored for this country without, you know what I'm saying? Right. Compensation. So, ba so however much cotton we got, that's when we would get, you know, good job or a glass of water, or we got opportunities to be in the house. You know what I'm saying? It's just right. like, you see what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like black women have this kind of ingrained genetic condition of I got to work. I got to be strong. I got to get it done because that's what our ancestors had to do to survive. But we know, so we have to get out of survival mode because that's going to compromise our health and well-being. So for me, I was inspired by a lot of the women who were still in that slave mentality, that performance-based acceptance as rooted in unworthiness. And I was like, well, what if we work from a place of worthiness, mm -hmm. that I am enough? I only sent five emails out today, and I went to out for a walk. I came back to work on more of my goals, you know, or I took the break, took a break for two days off all technology. I'm still worthy. Goals are still getting accomplished. God is still working in my favor. You see what I'm saying? Right. So the brainchild, the brainchild behind worth ethic was really to root what you do and how you do in a sense of worthiness, mm -hmm. not unworthiness, or I got to do it all or nothing gets done, you know? Yeah, I, I love that because some of the hardest work that I've had to do over the last, uh, I would say two years, is to stop tying my worth to my productivity. It's the work, the hardest work that I continue to do, right? And so, Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think what I want women to understand is it's just not an overnight process. And it definitely, I would say, <laughs> takes a village, right? So I have a whole routine around keeping Candia's mind away from thinking her worth is tied to her, her productivity, yeah. from the affirmations. I'm, a, I'm big on aromatherapy. I'm big on mindful eating. I have a therapist. I have a coach. Like, there's a whole team behind trying to keep okay. Candia's mind in the right space, right? Mm -hmm. And so- That's love yeah. right there. Yeah. And so that's what I loved about worth ethic, because it is a reminder to not tie your worth to your productivity. And I can say, too, to touch on something that you talked about with, you know, your lifestyle being different, like I am a, a caretaker. Right. And so it has helped me because sometimes I'm in between, you know, my weeks are filled with doctor's appointments and things of that sort. So on Sunday, if I'm doing a brain dump, and listening to worth ethic, because at one point you're like RIP anxiety, right? So I'm looking like, how am I get rid of this anxiousness here, here, and here? I ain't got to do this. I ain't got to do that. I ain't got to do yeah. this. Or yeah. I can put this first. And so it's, um, you know, that album is, that song is just so incredible. And in that, again, I think it's just like the perfect companion to really put you first and to really sit down and reflect and number one, turn your thoughts into thoughts that could better serve you and actions that could better serve you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my next favorite, healing in my heels, child. So I like to listen to healing in my heels, right? Mm -hmm. To me, for one, I think it speaks to one of the themes of Can the Kansas Conversations podcast, to speak up and show up anyway. Like you could be healing and still put in attempts to heal other people, right? We think we always have to be perfect to show up. And mm -hmm. I feel like 
Uh, we don't take action sometimes on our dreams because we want to be perfect or fully healed mm -hmm. before we take that action. So healing of my heels is definitely like, no, let me get, let me get my mind right and walk into this workshop and kill it anyway, right? Let me walk yes. into this client yeah. pitch meeting. I'm still healing. It's okay. And I'm going to walk in here and I'm going to show up anyway. So what? Yes. Speaking of permission slips. To do this album, I mean, I didn't know affirmations and music was a thing, but to make this whole transition or next level up in your life, what permission slips did you have to give yourself? To create affirmation music? Yeah. Did you have any, like, you know, because like you said earlier, we are normally raised to show up a certain way and to, to, to be, you know, to follow a certain path. And sometimes because we are raised one way, even if it's just seeing like cousins or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, well, one of, the, one of the things that has always been a part of me since I was a child. Well, first of all, you see this birthmark on my eye. I have a, a birthmark that's like the shape of a africa or heart mm. um on my eye and so i've always had this consciousness that i'm different and so when as a very young child i had to adapt to that you know what i'm saying because you know children can be cruel just because you're different and so for me it was like i went full throttle in expressing my difference so if everybody was wearing orange i was gonna wear blue if everybody was thought this was cool, I was going to do something else. It was, I've always had this consciousness of, I do not want to be a part of the group thing, the popular thing, like everyone's, because I feel like if everybody's, if everybody's doing it, there's got to be something to it. Like, I don't know. It was just that thing. So, and then for me, I was always innovative. I've always, and I'm, I think last year was my full ownership of that. I am a trailblazer. I this I've been doing this since I was a child. There's certain my mom laughs all the time and like, remember when you did this? And then a year later, it was everywhere and everybody was doing, remember when you wore this? And then like three months later, remember when you did this type of style of open house and it was no decorations, but you made it work. And then a year later, those decorations were everywhere. So I've always had this thing of being a trendsetter, a trailblazer. So it was like, for me, it was like, okay, this is who I am. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, for me, it got to a point where I'm doing all of this coaching. Everybody's coaching. I'm doing all of these PDFs. I don't like creating all of this wordy content. It's not me. I, I, I support and I, I admire people who can. I was like, but that's not me. Like, I want to make it. I like things easy. I do. It doesn't mean that I'm not a diligent worker, but I just always feel like there's another way to do this. Right. And so for me, it's like, if, I'm, if I want my wellness and my healing practice to, um, to be easy, why am I gonna make it hard for everybody else? I'm not reading all of these books. I'm not doing all these PDFs. I'm not doing all, like I'm not doing that. So why would I create? So my permission slip was to look at who I am and be that instead mm -hmm. of trying to do all the how-tos the world told me to do to be successful as a thought leader a life coach a content creator it was like if i was to create my own innovative way of being myself to share this message what would that be and i, I went before god in prayer mm -hmm. and meditation and i just received the idea so you know essentially what i'm saying is that the permission was to just look at within look at myself i gave myself permission to say who am i who do i want to be right. how do i want to show up and how do i want to share that mm -hmm. you know I think, too, what I'm hearing is something I firmly believe in. You touched on it in, in one of your songs. It's just to always be open to unlearning, too, right? So you're like, listen, I, I can't get this message through to y'all with no PDF documents. This ain't me. I got to unlearn this. And I know, I think it's um, an invitations to maybe you talk about, I think it's from, is that from Affirmations and Chill? I think it's from Affirmations yes. and Chill. Yes, uh, An invitation to maybe Within the first few seconds, I heard the, the word unlearn and I was like, here for it. Because yeah. 
I try to be in a constant state of unlearning because I do think, you know, with social media and everyone shelling out advice on the best way to, you know, achieve a certain goal or do a certain task, you can sometimes get caught up in thinking you have to create eBooks and guides and all those sorts of things instead of choosing the way that fits who you are as a person. Yes. And I thank you for, for also kind of like validating some of the things that, that I often think sometimes that I often, you know, think a lot about sometimes. And it's simply that clarity unfolds, give yourself permission to do the unfolding. (laughs) It doesn't sit right with you. Give yourself permission to go a different way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So now let's get to womaning and silence. That's another favorite. Yes. I think that's from IC Mantras. I think, yep. I think that's from IC Mantras. Yeah. So y'all, that is, that's the permission slip for me to create more moments to pause and to mm. not feel like, I think for me, sometimes I feel guilty a lot about not wanting to be plugged in on social media at times, just needing kind of time and space away to refill my cup. Have you ever felt that way? All the time. <laughs> All the time. I mean, Monday and Tuesday. Shoot. This past Monday and Tuesday, I was just like, I was so frustrated, sis, because I was like, I felt this feeling and I didn't know how to, I didn't know what I needed. I was like, Tony, what do you need? I can't stand when you don't know. Tell me so I can do it, you know? And it took two days for me to figure out, <laughs> but you know, it's, it, I had to, I had to say, ask myself, I just sent the uh, email out this morning about that weekly review of checking in and part of your way of doing that. One way of doing that is, is inquiry, the practice of inquiry, you know, self inquiry. And I asked myself this week, I said, what do I need? What do I want? And how do I want to walk in my authority? And when I looked at what I need, I was like, I really do need to feel a sense of pride of productivity. I I really need that. So I need to complete these unfinished tasks, items that I keep procrastinating. I really need to go for a walk because I enjoy walking. It restores me. You know, what I want, I want to make some homemade ice cream because it's it's not associated with any goals. I can just give my brain a break. You know what I'm saying? I really want to flirt with somebody because I'm romantically bored. So who can I flirt with? You know what I'm saying? Then it was like, how do I walk in my authority? Okay, let me work on my financial budget because I don't, don't like to do that, but it empowers me. It makes me feel I have authority in my, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, that filled me up, but I had to create space to get quiet, to hear what I needed. Right. You know, it right. took me two days though. You know what but, I'm saying? So but- sometimes... Go ahead. But you know, what, what, what I love about this conversation, because I hear it with you and, and I've heard it with myself, when we are like, oh, it's going to take, it took me two, three days, but I got it. And one of the things that I've been reminding myself of is, so what? Like so when what? I say something like that, like, oh gosh, it took me five days. So what, Candia? So what? I love so what? that. And, so and, what? And, and I say that because when we put a period after it took me five days, there's still a, a hint of mm-hmm. blame or shame there there's still a hint of blame or shame that it took you too long to do a certain thing wow so i've learned to receive that i've I've had to listen i'm a work in progress child it took me a while to just have a better conversation with myself and just say candia so what you did that right i did it right i did it did it you know and so and 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 the womaning and silence, you know, the first thing I love that you said is I have the right to remain silent. Like that was my whoo, yes, Jesus mode. Yes. Right? Because we <laughs> feel like as women, especially, that we always have to have the answer immediately. Mm-hmm. We feel like there's a a limit, a, a a kind of time con time that we should work within to have a certain answer. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like, you know, this digital world and people being constantly plugged in, that if we don't have the answer right away, we assume to a f- fulfill our immediate need to know. 
and you know where yeah. assumptions take us down the rabbit hole. Right, right. So I do think that um, honoring yourself to just remain silent, whether it's two days or three days or whatever it takes and, and making a decision so that it feels good on the inside or the outside yeah. we have to remind ourselves instead mm-hmm. of, kind of like rushing to always jump into the fray with the right answer. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, I I, yeah. So I, I, I can't tell you enough um, how thankful I am for you just for that piece, because again, it was another, way to say, okay, Candy, you can be silent for a while. Mm-hmm. If you need to be silent mm-hmm. once a week, then go ahead and be silent once a week. <laughs> yes. Right. So yes. uh, when you think about though where we are in the world, just like with the pandemic, the social like unrest, what are what's an affirmation or, or something that we could do to create, how would you recommend somebody create a, a affirmation for themselves? I would say create from a place of as though you are the only media outlet. Like if you, if headline news, if every, if every television programming was focused on you, what would that look, what would it be about? What would they talk about? What would be the headline news? What would be the story? Speak that. If every, I'm talking about every television program was about you, what would you want it to be? Speak that. You know what I'm saying? And it's, and, and, and make sure you speak from more like a place of who you are, not just this aspirational being of, that lives in one day world, one day I'll be this. No, who you are, you know? Um, because it's so important to not look at the world as content to create. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to create from that space. You can create from a, your own inside place of what you want to see in your life experience, mm-hmm. what you want to see out and how that comes out into the world, you know, and how other people in your world can experience that as well. If it's peace, what does peace look like? Start mm-hmm. speaking that out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like for me, I, one of my affirmations is, I have amazing, loving, most divine aligned relationships with white people. They treat me with the utmost respect. They understand their privilege. They use that privilege for not only their good, but for my good and the people that I love good. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? That's my experience. Because I claim that. I say that. I deserve that. I did that. You know what I'm saying? I I don't allow oppressive language, a consciousness of separation consciousness of uh, oppression to be in my quantum field because i, I th- this is my life right. i need to state and declare what how is going to be lived and experienced and i love that and it's so it's so empowering to own that ability because there's so much we can't control outside of us mm-hmm. and so i always say listen i know for me I only got space for the things. I only have energetic space for the things that I can't control in my life. I don't have space, energetic space for the things that I can't control that's outside of my life. So for me, I encourage everyone to take that approach to affirmation. Start speaking what you want to experience, how you want to feel, how you want to embody your day in your life. You know, I Absolutely love that. So right before this this podcast, I I was conducting a workshop on leading during uncertainty. And one of the the things that we talked about is when it comes to making a decision, it simply comes down to whether it's a tough decision or an easy decision. It it Mm -hmm. simply comes down to what's within your control, what's out of your control. You have to just get present to figure out what's within your control a lot of the times we get so busy and what ifs right what if this happens what if this happens what if this happens and i've talked about this on this podcast before you have to be present so you can transform your what ifs into what to do now anytime mm-hmm. i'm suffering and what if syndrome i say all right candy get your mind right what can you yeah. do right now? what's the next best thing that you could do right now tomorrow don't matter yesterday don't matter <laughs> 
So yeah. and see the thing is is that we don't have I always say this, then I'll say it for uh, until it changes. We don't have a K through 12 education system that teaches us about energy and how energy works. If we understand how energy works, we would turn off a lot of stuff. We would cut out a lot of stuff because the content that we consume, you know, it's just like whatever food you eat, your body organizes that information and does what it's supposed to do. And when it doesn't understand it, it ends up crystallizing in your body in some type of way that's not always healthy. So when we are consuming certain type of content visually, audio, like conversations we engage visually, you know what I'm saying? Our brain, our nervous system is organizing all of that stuff mm -hmm. in a way. And if it's not healthy, if it's not nutritional, ends up crystallizing in our lives where we may lose our wallet. We may be easily triggered, you know, and just all this stuff just starts popping up. You're like, why is my day? Like, it's because you are taking in energy. You see what I'm saying? So I it's see. so important. It's so important for us to be curious about how that our energetic existence works so we can maintain that peace, that equilibrium. And, and you know, we're human. Right. We have days where we're out of balance, but we have the, but we're also spirit. We're also conscious beings. And so we're able to make a choice to say, okay, let me get present with my life. Mm -hmm. What can I control? You know what I'm saying? Right. I can control how I respond to this. You know what I'm right. saying? So I yeah. love that. It reminds me of one of my favorite quotes by um, Eckhart Tolle. Once you get the inside right, the outside will fall into place. I feel like that's yeah. been the theme of my life for the last several years. You yes. know, getting the inside right and understanding how the inside of me was impacting some of the things that I was doing on the outside, right? Mm -hmm. We often mm -hmm. try to leave from the outside and we have to more so leave from the inside. So I've been yeah. running my mouth about my favorites. What, <laughs> what's your top two favorite songs from either one of your albums? And I know Girl, they're you know like so your baby. Hard. I, I know yeah. they're like your baby, but you got to pick one baby. They are my baby. Um... <laughs> I have to say, you know, I love affirmations for the grown ass woman. I love affirmations and chill, but I created that for every, I created that for everybody. But as the mantras was a personal that this is my 2019 memoir. I had to release everything out of my life. My whole circle group of friends are no longer my friends. Mm -hmm. My social network is no longer my social network. Some of the contracts I had, the job that I had, I no longer had, like, I, I had to release a whole world in 2019, and it put me in a hospital. Mm -hmm. I was there. I didn't think my mind would ever recover. So I would have to say that whole album is my favorite. Like, I love it. Like, I'm a fan of it as though I didn't create it because I know God channeled those messages through me. But if I was to pick one song, I'd probably have to say, Oh, girl, this is hard. I was, I have to say, I see thoughts mm. and birthmark. Mm. I will have to say, I see thoughts and birthmark. It, I'm telling you, it's so hard because I could see that. I, 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 I could see how it's hard. And, I, but one thing that I'm interested in is, you know, kudos to you for just turning that turning 2019, which sounds like it was an overwhelming amount of pain. You know, we, we don't often talk about, you know, grief. Sometimes you don't have to have uh, like loss as in death to go through grief. We have mm -hmm. to start seeing even the loss of friendships are a period of grief, a stages of, you go through the stages of grief, just like you would probably go through them with a job, right? It's the mm -hmm. stages of grief that you grow through and that's such a process. But how did you get to the point where you turned that amount of pain into something so purposeful and beautiful? Was this just for you? Like, how did you get to that mindset? Like, cause we're only in 2021. And I know. Happened in 2019, and you've you've just turned it into something so beautiful, uh, so transformative, I should say. 
for women around the world, because you know I lovingly stalk you on the gram or Facebook, and so I know people is listening in Indonesia and all these different sorts of places, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. Now you got your tribe. We healing right along with you. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what made you say, okay, it's time to, or I'm ready? Like I mean, if I was to be completely transparent, you know, I, I won't even say transparent. I'll be vulnerable with you. And I, and I told God, well, God told me, I will tell my full story on when I, when I get the, the global mic, but I tell my story here and there. But I will say this, when you give up on yourself, like it's a quote that goes around Instagram that says, I'm so glad. That I, did, that I didn't give up on myself. And I say, I'm glad I did give up on myself. You know, I attempted suicide in the month of August of 2019, mm-hmm. and I should have been successful, you know, and I was hospitalized and it was the worst experience I've ever experienced. No one who's going through mental health challenges to ever be hospitalized and experience the things, You're, you end up worse. Right. And I didn't think I was going to get my mind back. I, I felt my mind split. I watched myself go. Mm-hmm. So when you get to that place, the darkest place, and you get out, nothing is the same. Mm-hmm. You watch everybody who was around you that said they loved you, didn't know what the heck to do mm-hmm. because you were the, you were the one that was the strong one, you know? You were the one that had, that was the sage and had all the wisdom. And you watch everybody operate from ego. You watch, uh, no one was skilled. So you had to turn to who? God, something bigger than you. So my pain brought me to my knees. And so for me, it was God that helped me restore myself little by little, baby step by baby step, because I am telling you, it was hell once I got out that hospital. I did not want to live. I craved being out of my body. Like, I just did not want to be here. Nothing about the world was appealing. I hated everything. I was disassociated. Disenchanted. So even after, and this was even after, after you got out the hospital? Wow. This is even after I got out the hospital, because I had to play a game to get out. And when you already gave up on life and have to find some muster up something to play a game to get out, mm-hmm. that's just a whole nother level of trauma, mm-hmm. you know? And so you still there? Yep. Okay. Um, so for me, it was hitting rock bottom. Does rock bottom require for, tr- to create something transformation? Maybe, maybe not. But I know for me, pain has always been a portal for opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Trauma. I, I, I feel like I have the gift of alchemy to where I can take the worst of the worst situations and alchemize it into something that's not only good for me, but good for others. And so I think everybody has that opportunity based on how they choose. And so I, you know, Kendi, I just, I feel like it was just giving up on life. Right. You know, and then trusting the process of falling in love again. I'm like, I'm here. It didn't work. So let me see what I can do. Right. You know, let me see what I look like. Who am I if I didn't have one customer? Like, what do I do now? None of this, everything that I wanted to be and I wanted and what I worked hard is all gone. So what else is here that can bring me joy? So it was little steps, little things I had to do. Finding who were my allies. You know what I'm saying? Who were skilled in love, consciousness? Who wasn't intimidated my frailty? But I mean, I could keep going on and on and on. But I really want to just share with you and your audiences that no matter what your situation is, there is an opportunity, a portal, a whole nother beautiful world on the other side. And you may find yourself being someone you never knew you could be. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just like always having that beginner's heart of like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm open to more. I'm open to receiving more and I don't know it all, you know? And so that led me to create all of that stuff mm-hmm. 
into an actual album. And I was like, I want this album to be something that is my, mm-hmm. my balm, my, my medicine. Mm-hmm. And, and I decided to share it with everyone, you know? Well, I just, first of all, you know, I appreciate you so much for, for doing this podcast, but I just really want to, words cannot describe how mm. thankful and appreciative that I am that you would share that specific part of your story. Because for me, I do believe in our community, I'm talking about specifically within the Black community, that we don't talk about suicide specifically a lot. We don't, you know, mental illness and things of that sort is one thing. And then there's suicide. Mm -hmm. And I do uh, wish that we had, and it's, let me say this, we're making strides because there are a lot of people I could even think, you know, in a celebrity realm, in the Mm -hmm. influencer realm who talk about it. Tamar. um, Yeah. uh, Taraji Taraji P. Henson. Yeah. Right. And so, but look, I know, and I can, I know you, so it even feels even Mm -hmm better yeah. right because i can yeah. say my girl tony you gotta listen to her she was in that same yeah so mm-hmm. i appreciate it because one of the things that that i know is that stories have healing power yes stories have healing power yes. and when one woman shares her story it heals thousands and thousands of women yes and if so, not millions if not millions right because mm-hmm. you've got them people all over if not, if not millions. And so I want to thank you because I truly believe just hearing you and just being able now to share that I know someone who went through that and, and here she is and listen to her and be encouraged by her. I think we need to normalize these stories. And so thank you yeah. for normalizing it and putting mm-hmm. a beautiful picture both inside and out Yeah. to just being open to receiving, you know, a new way a new route like that. Yeah. Is, that's so amazing. Yeah. I, I, and I will say this, I was committed to heal. Mm-hmm. I was committed to heal. It was so much pain that I knew I could become very, very ugly. And I was like, I, I've always had a commitment that I want to have, I wanted to protect that pure heart, that childlikeness in me. And I was like, and I saw other women in my life make other choices that are just as, you know, good women, but the pain was so much to just, you know, so I was just, I have to, I don't have no choice but to heal. And I also want to say this. Another thing we have to normalize is and for women out here and your listeners who practice spirituality, spirituality can feel very violent when you're out of alignment. Mm. It can remove, it can, you can experience rejection, abandonment. You can experience your, your triggers, you know, that remind you of traumas that happened from long ago. You can be feeling pain that they don't even belong to you. It belongs to your great, great grandmother, you know, but spirituality and a spiritual growth can feel like it's pushing all that stuff to the top mm. to give you the opportunity to heal what your ancestors could not heal. And we have to normalize that spiritual growth can influence our mental health. We don't talk enough about how spirituality can impact our mental health. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you're growing and you're getting more into alignment, you're unlearning, it'll make you question your existence. It'll make you question who you are, what you do, doubt yourself. And so I think that's definitely a conversation that we can evolve into eventually, if not now, you know, about how there is a spiritual, spiritual aspect to mental health, you know? And so I just wanted to share that with you and your audience who practice spirituality and are conscious, who are spiritually conscious, you know? You know, that's, that's, that's really important. Because I think about it now, we're recording this podcast, it's January 2021, right? And so, you know, in January, that's typically the season of change, right? Changing careers or, you know, changing, you know, getting our money right, all those sorts of things. And a lot of the times we focus on, again, the things that happen, that things that we want to happen outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so spirituality is also huge for me. And I had to, you know, have a come to Jesus moment (laughs) with... Uh, ways to help me internally change and spirituality was definitely part of it. And so thank you for that again, because I feel like, you know, for the most part of my life, when I wanted to change, I thought about what type of class I needed to take on the outside, what type (laughs) of course I needed to take on the outside, what did I need to buy like a house or a car to help me feel good about the change, right? Mm -hmm. So I've always thought about these things 
uh, on the outside, not realizing that I needed to do a lot more of the internal work. And then, you know, to something you said before, it's just being open to receive a new way of being, a new way of doing, even in friendships. I think most of us, we feel like when we get to a certain age, we, sh- you know, we should have the same, like you can get new friends at 40 or 45. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. It's, it's okay to say, okay, you know what? I need me some new friends, even in your late thirties or your late forties, because you now understand that who you're trying to be, the friends that you have at the moment do not align with that vision you have for yourself. Give yourself permission to get out and meet new friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree. It's a beautiful thing. It get, it's a beautiful thing too. And sometimes the new friendships are people who have been in your life, but you haven't really built. Right. But now that you're in alignment, there's a, it's just like you're magnetizing right. those people into your life more. So right. it's, a, it's a refreshing thing when you can experience yourself with other people. It's like, oh my gosh, they, they, I, I feel like I'm experiencing my own self-love with other people. It's right. a beautiful thing and it's worth every thing that you have to release and say goodbye to that's life right. you know it's a everything has a season right, right. you know very true so so i'm glad that you mentioned that this is the last question y'all yeah and on a fun note we're gonna <laughs> end on f boys are the the, the tools Ooh. of enlightenment Auntie. let me say this that is such a fun song for many different reasons but the the beat is a bop like i, I literally know. be like Y'all can't see me, but I literally be bopping y'all like I'm in a video. So (laughs) was that F-Boys are the tools of enlightenment? Was it like a series of F-Boys or did it one F-Boy come in mind and this was the inspiration or was it your clients F-Boys? Where did that come from? His name is Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) We don't put Thomas out there. We call this conscious pettiness. <laughs> That's what we call hey, this. Thomas. Thank you for enlightening Thomas. my girl. My, yes. I, you know, he taught me so much unintentionally. It wasn't like he was trying to help me grow. It wasn't like he was, but we started dating. I think we met in 2015 and just, he became such a cornerstone in my enlightenment, you know, how I relate to men, how I become aware of my own thirstiness, how I project, how me not meeting my own needs onto men and, you know, whatever issues I had and how, you know, it was just a lot of things that I chose to awaken to because the pain of the rejection, the pain of me like how could you not, how could you not be inspired by this <laughs> how could you ins- not be inspired by me and it was such a a, a a hit to my ego because i'm like then i must be unworthy then i must be not all that i think i am i must not look the way that i think i look you know and so it's like dang how could this guy how did this f boy get me to think these things I must believe it on some type of level so for him I'm always give him credit for being the best f boy I could ever learn from because you know because because it taught me so much of how to woman up in my authority and and now I look back and I just it's almost embarrassing that I actually had that level of emotional attachment. Cause I'm like, baby, you could, you can, you could never like you, there's no skill sets. You have potential. However, you know, everybody goes through different things, you know, to why they are the way they are. And so I had to look at him less of like an F boy and blame and accuse him and make and, and, and project that onto him. And more so, how can I learn from this situation? Not only learn about myself, but learn about men. Because there is a higher, true, more loving narrative about men, you know, that I want to have in my life. And so I used him as an opportunity to enlighten myself, you know. And so, thank you so much. I love it. And I think, you know, for relationships, one of the the wishes that I have for women is we have to start owning the space that we hold. 
in relationships, even the most traumatic ones. And oftentimes, like you said, the ego will tell us like how dear he and what happened, but what's the part that you played in the situation so you could move forward and mm-hmm. create a new story for yourself? So Miss Tony Jones, how could the people stay connected with you? Drop your channels, any events, yes. or anything that you have coming up. Y'all make sure y'all subscribe to her email. I'm on the yes. list. Okay. So make sure yes. y'all get on the list, but I'll let you give the people where you're going to be girl. Yeah. So, um, so my brand wife comma is transitioning to wife your life. Okay. So I will be launching that very soon by the first week of February. So stay tuned with that. But right now, I want you guys to huddle over into Facebook, the Wife Your Life Circle group. It's on Facebook. Join that. All you have to do is answer three entry questions. You can also follow me on Instagram. I am Tony Jones and Wife Your Life. I also have a YouTube channel, Tony Jones. You can find all type of content on there. So yeah, and my website is IamTonyJones.com. Yes. So I am going to end this episode with one of my favorite songs. And Tony, I cannot thank you enough, enough for doing the Kansas Conversations podcast. You are my first guest of 2021. And I know you're going to be one of the hottest episodes this year. So I'm thanking you in advance. Thank you.